the Paterno Fellows podcast, where today we will talk about the Nittany Line Fund here at Penn State. And with me now is Thomas Yankee, the current president of the Nittany Line Fund and a junior finance and Mandarin Chinese major at the Samuel College of Business and the Liberal Arts College. We also have with us Warren Sipe, the former president of the Nittany Line Fund, who has a current placement in an investment banking firm called FP Partners. And Shreya Bibra, former VP of Development of the Nittany Line Fund, and has a current placement with the investment banking firm Morgan Stanley. Both Warren and Shreya are graduating this semester. Um, how are you guys today? Thanks for joining me. And I know that all of you guys have super busy schedules, so it took us kind of a while to sort of meet up and talk. But how is this semester treating you so far? Yeah, it's it's been really good so far. Uh, been busy, uh, busier than you'd expect for a, a second semester senior, but enjoying everything I'm doing. So glad to be here. Yeah, it's been good. It's sad that it's the last semester, but thank you for having us. Yep, also also been good for me. Definitely a busy semester with um, leading the fund, but can't complain. Thank you for having us, Emma. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's also a really exciting position to take. Probably very busy though. All right, so I'm just gonna jump right in, and I think the first thing I kind of want to know is what exactly the Nittany Lion Fund is.、Um, I actually just learned about it、uh, this semester, and I was very curious about it. And I talked with some of my friends, and they've never heard about it either. So, if、um, you guys could sort of give the rundown on, like, basics, what is the Nittany Lion Fund for those who don't know? Yeah, I can jump in here first.、Um, so the the basics are that it's a fifteen million dollar all undergraduate managed hedge fund administrated through Penn State and the Smith College of Business. What really differentiates us from the investment funds that other schools have、uh, is one the size. So the amount of money that we're managing is is typically higher than that of of other institutions. And two, we're not managing endowment money. So we have a, a network of seventy five investors going you know up or down from that depending on the exact time. Um, but they gave us that money to to be investing on their behalf.、Uh, the fund is a real company. It's an LLC、uh, registered in in Delaware, incorporated in Delaware. And so, what all of that amounts to is that it's a very realistic experience. It's a very real world experience, and there are real world repercussions for the actions that we take and the decisions that we make.、Um, and so, when we look towards accountability and, and towards the real impact that our work has on our investors, I think that's what really sets us apart. From other sort of comparable organizations, both at Penn State and in other universities, but I would love to hear anything that Trey and Thomas can add onto that. Yeah, I think Warren hit on most of it. What's really awesome is that it used to be very focused towards finance majors, kids that wanted to pursue like jobs in the financial services industry. But we've recently opened it up to people all across Smeal, so you don't have to be a finance major, you don't even have to be in Smeal,、um, because we're trying to mimic what it looks like on Wall Street. People are taken from all different kinds of backgrounds, so it's really awesome that you can kind of learn outside of your major if you want,、um, and like Warren said, learn a little bit of that accountability and confidence. Yeah, and then. I think another aspect of the fund too is just the network that the fund is,、uh, the network it provides to you post Penn State.、Uh, many people join the fund with that motivation,、uh, knowing that they'll have a great alumni network beyond Penn State, and knowing that that will likely get them a placement at a top a top firm after Penn State. Yeah, that's definitely really exciting, and、um, 
Am I right in saying that's the first like student run hedge fund in like the US? Uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't quote me on it. Uh, but I think it, it very well might be. Um, it's definitely, it's been around since 2005. So it's been at Penn State for, for quite a while. I guess we're coming up on uh, the 17th year at this point. And I, I definitely believe there, there may have been other endowment funds or other groups of students managing university money beforehand. But I do think it was original in that the students went out and were actually able to create a company with, with the help of the faculty advisors and solicit investment investors from there. So there may have been other endowment funds before us, but I think we were the first truly student-managed uh, investment fund in the country. Yeah, that's really amazing. Um, I know Penn State gives a lot of opportunities, but I never would have imagined anything like this. And again, just because, I mean, people who are listening are from all different backgrounds, different majors. Um, what exactly is a hedge fund? Just so we have like a clear picture of what the Nittany Lion Fund is. Yeah, so I guess I can answer this one. Um, so a hedge fund essentially is when investors allocate their capital to a fund which actively manages that money. Um, you can do many things in a hedge fund and there are hedge funds that have many different types of strategies. Our strategy specifically is to focus on US equities, uh, specifically public equities over $800 million in market cap. So not the smallest cap companies in the market. Um, and yeah, what we do for our investors is, is essentially we uh, allocate their money to 11 sectors, uh, the 11 sectors of S&P 500. And then we have fund managers responsible for making decisions on what companies we want to purchase within those sectors uh, with the hope of being the market. So uh, that's our whole goal. That, that, that is every hedge fund's goal is to beat the benchmark that they compare themselves to. In our case, we compare ourselves to the S&P 500. So say the S&P 500 returns 5% in one year. Uh, if we return 5%, right, we don't have a relative outperformance. We're just in line with the benchmark. Uh, whereas if we return 7%, when the S&P 500 returns 5%, right, we have an alpha or a relative outperformance of 2%. So that's our whole goal in the Nittany Line Fund. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's great that um, students are actually the ones who are kind of running it. Um, so for the students who join the the fund, what are the kind of opportunities or advantages for them that um, other students don't really get? Yeah, so kind of how the fund is set up is that the second you get in, you kind of take on a leadership role. Um, so once you get in, you are deemed like an associate manager, meaning that you're helping your lead, which is the person right above you, um, make investment decisions, helping coming up with like the weekly reports, the monthly reports. Um, so from a very like basic standpoint, when you first get in, you get that leadership standpoint of like, okay, I just got handed, say like $2 million. How do I go about managing it? And a lot of that comes with like how you communicate, your attention to detail, um, and just gaining some of those basic skills that you need in any industry, not just financial services. Um, and then as you move up, you become a lead. So now you're like, spearheading those investment decisions. And then we have director roles where you'll manage a specific function of the fund. So whether it's the Penn State Investment Association, which is our feeder org, or you're managing like our monthly reports or the things that we're sending out to our investors. Um, and then you can also move on to the executive board, which Thomas and Warren and I were a part of or are a part of. Um, so I think what differentiates the fund from other orgs is that you get that leadership experience right from the get-go, even if it's not in like the executive board title, you're kind of spearheading something at every level. Um, so I think that really helps with um, your leadership skills when you first get to college. Again, that accountability aspect, 
And not only are you learning finance concepts, but learning how to communicate in a professional and a casual sense um, and learning how to write and just communicate in the best way possible. So I think that was really helpful for me, at least. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with everything that Shreya said. But one additional advantage that I think is is really powerful and has been so um, for everyone on this call is just the network that the fund has. So, you know, we have at this point somewhere between three and 400 alumni uh, out on Wall Street doing the, the work that we want to be doing. And so we're really able to leverage those soft skills that we've developed through the fund that Shreya mentioned, you know, the attention to detail, the ability to write, the ability to communicate and be professional and bring that out to our network and say, hey, look, you know, we're developing all these great things. Here's how we're going to be able to leverage it at your firm. And, and since these alumni know the caliber of the program, they know the caliber of, of people that it produces, we're able to be really successful in recruiting as a result of that pipeline through the fund and, and to that large alumni network. And so I think that's one of the big advantages and one of the big things that people look towards when they're actually joining the fund uh, as one of the big incentives as well. Yeah, that is a, a big incentive. And I think I learned on the website that you get Wall Street placements, basically. And I saw all three of you actually have placements in investment banks or private equity. Do you mind actually explaining me the difference between the two, private equity and investment banking? Sure. Yeah. So I'd say on a pretty basic level, uh, if you'll be working in investment banking, typically what you'll be doing is you're not actually really the investor. Uh, you're sm- you're more so an advisor. So you're advising companies on raising capital for a various various things. Uh, you're advising a company on a deal, right? If they might be trying to acquire another business. Uh, whereas in private equity, you're more so the investor. So you're taking uh, LP capital uh, and which is part of a fund, and then you're deploying the capital in that fund, uh, either buying businesses or buying parts of businesses uh, with some time horizon. A lot of funds are structured for five to seven years, and you're exiting those businesses at the end of the, of the fund horizon, and you're hopefully right, generating a return for uh, your investors. So they're a little different in that way, and, and Warren and Sharae have both worked at this point in internship for uh, the companies that they're working for. So they could probably even give you more detail on on what they did uh, over their summer internship. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to learn about that. Um, I just wanted to switch back a little bit towards, um, I think Shreya mentioned earlier, um, the Penn State Investment Association. And just for um, those who are listening, those students who are interested in an e-line fund, what is the difference between the PSIA, the Penn State Investment Association, and the Nittany Line Fund? And what are the advantages to both? How are they similar? Do you work with both? How, how does it work, basically? Yeah, sure. So I can get started. There's a bunch of differences, so I'm sure Warren and Thomas can touch on some. But it's There are two different organizations, but it's one executive board that oversees both. So the Penn State Investment Association is the feeder org. So if you want to join the Nittany Line Fund, you kind of go through the PSIA process, um, but it's not necessary. So basically in the Penn State Investment Association, it's open to everybody, like I said, SMEAL and non-SMEAL, and we teach basic financial concepts. Um, basically help people understand is finance something you're interested in, is financial services something you're interested in. And the people that run those sessions are members of the Nittany Lion Fund. So that's kind of where the connection comes in. And so if near the end of the semester students are interested in actually managing that money, um, you can go through the interview process for the Nittany Lion Fund. And in terms of advantages for both, um, 
PSI is really helpful. At least it was for me when I didn't really know if Wall Street was something that I was interested in. It helped me, A, learn about finance, what was it, and B, um, get to know people in the Nittany Lion Fund that were pursuing those jobs. And it's hard to know what you want to do until you do it. So the easiest way to figure that out is talk to people, which I found the fund was really helpful for. Um, And then in terms of advantages for the Nittany Lion Fund, you obviously get access to a little bit more of a different network of people who have gone through the funds process and are willing to talk to you to help you get a job. And then you also just get that real world experience of actually managing that money. So um, that was a really long winded answer. But basically, PSIA is a feeder org, um, helps you gain exposure to Wall Street. And then the Nittany Lion Fund is actually where you are managing that money. Interesting. So it's sort of like a stepping stone, I guess, into the Nittany Lion Fund if you wanted to join. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And you got um, some practice in there as well, like for the um, for the process of joining the fund. I actually heard that it's kind of difficult to join. You have to go through a series of interviews. Do you mind um, talking a bit about that um, and what your personal experiences were when you were when you were joining? Yeah, I, I can go into this a little bit. Um, so. You know, I, I think there's a misconception about uh, just how competitive the, that the interview process is. I think it, it obviously is competitive and, and you can look at the numbers that come through every semester as, as evidence of that. But to me, if you're really well prepared and you are interested, um, I think that it's something that you'll definitely be able to achieve. And the PSI process really helps you to get to that point. So if you are diligent with that and, and you do the studying and you do the work to prepare, um, I think it's really achievable for anybody. So with that, what the interview process actually looks like, we do three rounds. Um, so the first round is typically very basic. It's just to get a, a sense of, do you have the basics down in terms of technicals? Do you understand the basic mechanics of financial markets? Um, and you know your general interview skills, so behavioral interview skills as well. Um, and then when we go into the second round, it's going to be similar categories. So we do a technical interview, we do a markets interview, we do a behavioral interview, and we also add in a case study there as well, uh, just to really understand how a potential candidate would do with the exact work that we do in the Nittany Line Fund, which is primarily stock pitching. So the case study is a, a stock pitch as well. Um, and then finally, the third round is just an interview with the CEO and uh, faculty advisor for the fund, Dr. Warwich, to you know make sure you're you're a fit there as well. Um, for my personal experiences, you know, I walked in to Penn State freshman year. Um, I had originally applied as an aerospace engineer, and so I knew literally nothing about finance. I couldn't have told you what a bond was. I probably couldn't have told you what finance itself actually meant when I walked into my first PSIA meeting, but I was intrigued, and and it really struck me as a group of people that was incredibly smart and incredibly motivated that was going to drive me uh, on to do good things throughout my collegiate career. And so I went through the PSIA process, learned a lot, um, and entered the interviews at the end of the semester. Definitely intimidating, again, coming from Uh, you know, a a less robust finance background than a lot of the people that I was interviewing with. Um, And I always knew that, you know, I knew less and substantially less than the person sitting across the table from me. But I was able to take it as a learning experience and and was fortunate enough to get the offer at the end of that interview. Um, And so it's just a really good way to sort of start off your your journey with the fund to make sure you're in the right spot to really benefit from the organization um, and to start developing the technical skills that you're going to need to actually succeed when you start managing the money and, and working with the organization the next semester. Yeah, it's definitely super overwhelming when you first walk in um, because, again, you get this feeling of the people across the table know so much more than me, and they do. Um, but I think the what PSIA and the fund does a really great job of is equip you with the resources you need to do well in the interview. Not only do we give you a bunch of guides that 
provide like the objective knowledge, like the technical skills, but fund managers are available all the time for mock interviews. Um, what's really special about the fund is a mentorship culture. So someone helped me get in. So I'm going to turn around and do the same thing for someone else. Um, and I think that's what really helps the fund recruit like really great people every semester. Um, so it's very overwhelming. I was super nervous. Um, I'm sure I messed up a bunch of times, but I think if you show the willingness to learn and, um, the curiosity and want to be there, um, that's what really shines through in the interview. Yeah, definitely. And I think confidence is really key in a lot of different aspects of our life as well. I'm just going to speak a little bit more on how the structure of the fund is like. And I know you guys all had different positions. Two of you were president and then Shreya, you were the VP of development. And these are all really important leadership positions. What kind of skills did you learn from being in this position? And what is the most important thing that you you take with you to this day? Because you were in that position. Yeah, I, I can kind of lead off here. Um, so I think that, you know, it, it's really important to think about getting through the fund um, as, as more of a journey than it is something where you, you know, the end point necessarily. Um, so for me, you know, I, I never really thought about president until I was almost ready to, to be it. Frankly, I was ready to study abroad um, until COVID happened. And, you know, I was happy to step into the role that I did. So I think that what really allowed me to be successful within the fund and, and eventually successful in my role as president was firstly, just a, a strong communication skills, right? Always being in touch with your lead, being in touch with the people that you're working with so that everybody's on the same page. And that's the most important thing in, I think, any leadership role, really, um, because you can't solve a problem if you don't know it's there and you can't be in, you know, you can't be responsible for issues that are going on unless you're aware they're happening. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll say is that there's no, you know, secret formula to success within the fund, right? It, it really just comes down to hard work um, and to developing a good reputation for yourself as you move through through the organization. And I think that's really true for for most any setting in which you find yourself, right? It it, it can seem kind of daunting or uh, a little obscure as to how you actually get from point A to point B and, and really get where you want to go. But at the end of the day, it's just about doing the right things day in and day out making sure that your work well represents who you are and, and the caliber um, that you're capable of putting out. And when you work in that manner, you're going to end up where you want to be. Yeah, I guess uh, one thing I'll stress about being in the role of president now is if you, if you think about the fund, uh, it really is a unique leadership experience for um, someone in college. And Warren and I have talked about this before, but you're leading organization, right? That managing approximately 14 to 15 million dollars in investor money uh, you're leading around 50 or so other students um, and you have you know 70 to 80 investors who you're responsible for communicating with so it's a pretty complex role uh, when you really think about it and I think with with that complexity comes understanding that uh, one you can't do it all by yourself and two uh, you need to make sure that what you are doing you're doing really well um, because you have a reputation uphold. Uh, and since we're answering to investors, right, we have to be responsible in that regard. Uh, but in in the part regarding the delegation, uh, I would say, you know, communicating well with the people who you're leading is essential, but also understanding what they're capable of. Uh, you don't want to delegate something that is too difficult to a junior associate, uh, but at the same time, right, you want to be challenging those associates as well. So, Definitely understanding the people that you're working with well and understanding their capabilities, I think, is a, is a key aspect of the leadership role. 
Yeah, I think they both brought up really good points. I would just say um, when you're president, you're overseeing a bunch of different functions and that comes with obviously like really intense challenges. But specifically for VP of development, a lot of my role was um, helping new associates that have just gotten in to help acclimate them. And then also people who have been in the fund for a couple of semesters help make sure that they're still learning as well. Um, And I think that's a can come with its own challenges in terms of this is a super established org. So how do you come in and make like lasting change or actually make an impact? And I think something that I had to um, do, and I think you have to do this in any leadership position is actually sit down and think like, what do I want to accomplish? And how do I go about accomplishing that with the resources I have? Um, So I think when you're goal oriented, especially in like a very established org that already does very well on its own, um, is kind of coming in with what specific initiatives do you want to implement and how do you go about doing that? But yeah, I think Warren and Thomas hit most of it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like when you are in a position where you can sort of influence those who I guess you're in charge of, you do want to make a really good impact, especially in such an established org. So I'm just going to pivot a little bit towards the opportunities that you were all given. So Warren, you got placed with FT Partners, which is an investment banking division. And then Shreya, you are now with Morgan Stanley, also with investment banking. And Thomas, you are with the KKR firm, Private Equity, which we talked about earlier. This is all really amazing. Congratulations, guys. Could you tell me a little bit about each of your companies and what it is that you'll be doing with your placements? Yeah, so I can I can lead off. Um, FT Partners is a boutique investment bank. And so what that means is that they're really focused in on a specific industry. In the case of FT, it's financial technology. So FT Partners, financial technology partners. Uh, hence, also, I'll be working in San Francisco again to more focus in on that technology side of the business. Um, what investment bankers do, I, I think uh, Thomas touched on this a little bit earlier, is you're essentially responsible for um either buying or selling companies, or in some cases, you can help them raise debt as well. And so that can take a number of different forms. You can be doing capital raises in the form of equity or debt. You can also be doing mergers and acquisitions, which again, just basically means buying and selling companies, or you can be helping companies IPO or initial purchase offering, which is when companies go out and actually become publicly traded securities or stocks, uh, as most people would would call them. Um, And so it's really about day to day Uh, interacting with clients, getting to know their needs, getting to know the company, and then devising a a financial solution that's going to work best for them. And so even from the junior level, you have a lot of interaction with really senior members of really interesting firms, as well as you have an ability to get to know their business model, work with it day in and day out, and and really make an impact on the business as well. Um, So that's what attracted me to it and, and what's made it so impactful in my experiences with it thus far. Yeah, I can touch on Morgan Stanley real quick. Um, So it's a little different than FT. Like Warren said, FT Partners is a boutique firm, whereas Morgan Stanley is a bulge bracket. And basically the main difference there is size. Morgan Stanley is a lot bigger and they have a lot of different functions apart from investment banking. So I'm specifically working in the investment banking division, but they have a wealth management arm. They have sales and trading, research, all that stuff. Um, And I'm going to be working in New York, but basically like I said, also investment banking. So last summer I worked in the financial sponsors group. So basically our clients are private equity firms like KKR where Thomas is working and we basically help them um, enter and exit their portfolio companies. Yeah. And then uh, finally KKR. So KKR is a 
is a mega fund, uh, private equity firm. So they, they raise very sizable funds. Uh, their most recent fund was around $15 billion and focused on North America. Uh, and like I said earlier, right, what they do with that fund is they purchase uh, parts of companies or entire companies and then try to exit those companies at the end of the fund horizon and see some return, right, that would be favorable to their investors. Uh, what I'll be doing specifically at KKR has to has to do with actually matching uh, their investor the investor wants with the products of the firm. So I'll be on their client and partners team, which is responsible for that. And I will be there this summer for an internship in, in New York. That's all really exciting. So how how this is kind of a simple question, but how do you think the fund prepared you to start working in these roles? Yeah, I mean, as as I said earlier, I came into college with literally no concept of what finance was, what Wall Street was, what you know, really banking would have been either. Um, and so the, the simple answer to what did the fund do to help me prepare for that is quite literally everything. Um, you know, I, I came as, as a blank slate and it really built me up to someone who was able to be successful in that role. Um, I think that, you know, to, to break that down a little more and, and make it a little more tangible, um, the first thing that it did through PSIA and through my, my early work with the fund is one, just establish interest, right? It exposed me to a lot of people who were doing this work, who were, or, or at least moving in the direction of this work. And so I really got to know what banking was, um, what it would be like when I got there and, and what kind of skills would be required um, to be successful. It also helped me to build those skills. So going in day in and day out as a college student and really doing the PowerPoint and Excel work that you're gonna see in banking, as well as the corporate analysis that really forms the basis of, of the transactions that you're doing. Um, and then the, the third and last thing, and, and potentially the most important, goes back to this idea of networking. Um, that's something that's impressed on fund managers from the very beginning of their time in the organization. And it's really about just utilizing the, the resources that we have, the people that we have out on Wall Street to, again, get to know what opportunities are going to be right for you and also secure interviews and, and ultimately um, secure those opportunities so that you can go on and, and be successful professionally. Um, and so all of that occurred through the fund for me and, and I think for Trey and Thomas as well. Uh, and so that's really been the impact uh, as, as succinctly as I can summarize it. I think that um, was super well said and that's exactly what my experience was as well. I guess one thing that I think is uh, typical characteristic of a fund manager, right? Someone who's, who's a senior now and has, has essentially graduated from the fund is that they're, they're very confident um, and it's not in the sense that they're very prideful, but they have been really challenged throughout their time in college. And I think that sets, sets them up uh, very well to go impress writing their full-time job um, and to be confident in their capabilities. And I think that's something that is unique to Penn State and to the Nadia Line Fund that you don't see very often with other, um, other full-time analysts just coming out of college. Yeah, definitely. The the fund really gives a very unique opportunity that I don't think I've ever seen in any other university. What, in your opinions, are the most important personality traits or strengths or qualities of somebody that they would need in order to be successful in the fund and beyond? Yeah, I can start. Um, I think seeing from the perspective of interviewing for the fund when I was a freshman and then conducting those interviews as like a junior and senior, uh, the first thing I saw that is important to succeed, like to get into the fund and then when you're in as well, is a willingness to learn. Um, no one comes into college with the finance knowledge you need to succeed on Wall Street, or at least even if people think they do, they don't. Um, 
So it's really important to just show that like you're passionate about the work in front of you. You actually care and you're willing to learn and you're curious. Um, I think that's important from the second you get into the fund as well as when you're on the executive board. Um, you're going to hear things on a day-to-day basis that you didn't know before. So I think just like keeping your ears open to new concepts and um, just a better understanding of the role is important. Um, And I think past that, just communication, attention to detail, being able to speak with people again in that professional and casual sense, um, being proud of the work that you're putting out because um, when you're working on like really big deals or even something as small as like a pitch in the Nittany Lion Fund, like your attention to detail is really important. So I think when you build some of those core skills, it helps you um, prepare well for work after graduation. Yeah, I don't know if there's really too much that I can add to that. I think that the the coachability aspect is the number one thing, and and you can really, you know, come in as I said as a blank slate and and get where you need to go through the fund. Um, I think the sort of secondary characteristics that we really work on as a result of that coachability that we try to develop. Um, early on in in the career of fund managers is is firstly attention to detail. Um, So it's really important to be able to look at whatever work you're doing and make sure that it's of the highest quality, that there are no mistakes. Um, Because, you know, frankly, most of the work that goes on in finance is not rocket science. And so what's really a differentiator between an excellent deliverable and and one that's very poor are the small mistakes that kind of accrue as as you do work. Um, And so checking through that carefully, having that attention to detail is an incredibly important characteristic. Um, but for me, it was incredibly trainable. So it's not something that, that we require coming in. Um, the other thing that I think we definitely look for is just, you know, a, a baseline confidence. And again, this is something that we can develop, but it's really about, you know, you, you need to be able to get up in front of the room and in front of the 50 fund managers and give a pitch, defend your ideas. And that's something that's, you know, really difficult for some people when they get in. And it's something that, again, we work to develop by giving them different opportunities um, and, and sort of building up to that, that bigger deliverable as well at the end. Um, so I think attention to detail and confidence are two of the secondary characteristics that come from coachability that we really look to, to develop by the time that fund managers make their way through the organization. I guess one thing that I think I would really emphasize is being, um, you know, having tenacity, especially in, in persevering through the times when things are difficult. Uh, the fund is a very strenuous thing in college, right? It's a lot of responsibility on top of all your other classes. And we do expect our fund managers to be excellent. Uh, so with that expectation, right, quite naturally, people fail, especially early on in their roles in the organization. Um, and I think you have to persevere through that failure uh, and, you know, tell yourself that you are, you know, you're going to improve, you're not going to make the same mistakes, whatever it might be. Uh, and I think that really benefits our fund managers too, as they move into their internships and then their full-time roles. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like a lot of life skills can be learned through the fund as well. Like it's definitely not just about, you know, learning all these new things, but also developing who you are and your character, I guess. And it sounds like you guys have learned so much from it and that's really inspiring. So more specifically, what is one thing that your experience in the NLF taught you that you didn't really expect And more specifically, if you have a specific memory of something that was like a conflict or difficult task that you had to overcome, how did you handle it? Hmm, That's a that's a difficult one. I I think I'll I'll start with the second half of that question, then maybe loop around back to the first. Um, But a a really difficult experience for me with the fund um, actually happened during my first semester. So I, I think for most people, the first semester is the most intense part 
um, of working with the organization because you really need to get up the, the learning curve very quickly and be, you know, become fluent in, in all of the different language and, and really be able to work in that way. Um, and so one week, uh, I was responsible for doing three pitches in a very short amount of time. Uh, so I had 48 hours to do three pitches and each pitch takes approximately 20 hours to do. So if you do the math there, it, it doesn't quite work out. Um, and so, you know, I really had to take a step back there and say, how am I going to be able to accomplish this given the time constraint? Um, and, and given the fact that it's going to be really difficult to, to push through this. Um, so what I did, first of all, is I broke the task into smaller pieces, just looked at, you know, how can I get one pitch done at a time? Or how can I get one element of one pitch done at a time? And I also made sure to reach out to the people that I was working with and other resources that I had so that I could really be as efficient as possible um, and, and get to a successful deliverable at the end. So I was able to be successful. I, I got all the pitches done and we got them approved, which was a, a great sort of intro into the organization and, and really showed me um, that I was able to, to do quite a lot with not a lot of time. Um, in terms of something that I wasn't expecting, I, I think that uh, just the social aspect of the organization was one big surprise for me. I mean, I, I really came in thinking it was all professional, all business all the time, but it, it really is a great group of people. You spend a lot of time together, and so you spend a lot of time together professionally, but you also spend a lot of time together uh, more socially and more informally. And some of these people are, are some of my absolute best friends four years later. And that's been a, a really pleasant surprise for me. Yeah, I think something, um, I agree with everything Warren said, but something that I wasn't expecting to learn is um, how to leverage your resources. I think when you view the Nittany Lion Fund from an outside perspective, at least how I did when I was a freshman, was it's a super competitive org. Like Emma, you mentioned that you've heard that's a competitive interview process. So you just always think that, um, you're just like not, you're kind of going in and you're being thrown in on your own. But something I didn't expect to learn was um, how to like leverage your resources and the people around you. I found that when you're sitting in the trading room and Dr. Warridge um, says this all the time that how successful you are in the fund or like in finance is pretty directly correlated with how much time you spend in the trading room. And that's just because when you're surrounded by people who are 10 times smarter than you or are going through the same thing, um, Whenever you have a question, sometimes it's quicker to just ask rather than like spending hours on Google um, or hours in like an Excel sheet. So I think learning how to leverage your resources in the best way possible was really, really helpful for me in and outside of the fund. Um, like when do I know to go to Google versus when will I get a better answer if I just ask someone? So I think that's really helpful. Um, and I think one of my hardest times in the fund was probably similar when I was pitching and you get up there and um, you're like presenting something that you spent hours putting together and then you get challenged on that or you get some really difficult questions. Um, that was something that I had to learn as well. Like how do you exude confidence in a situation where you get challenged, but also how do you like acknowledge the other side and finding the balance between that? So I think that was really helpful and again, has helped me both in and outside of the fund. Yeah. And then for me, I guess uh, one position comes to mind that I held in the fund, which was portfolio analytics. I was the director of portfolio analytics, which we, in the fund we call PAG. Um, that role was pretty difficult for me because it's very Excel heavy and uh, specifically you're responsible for for tracking the performance of the fund pretty much in Excel and sending those reports to not only the fund managers to use in their deliverables, but also uh, to our investors. And there was a, a report that I had sent out uh, during my sophomore year that had the wrong numbers in it, uh, which, you know, was obviously embarrassing, but at the same time, uh, those numbers are very important because like I said, those are what are reflected in our deliverables and, 
you know, I think going through the process of making that mistake and then having to follow up and, and correct for it was a really good learning experience for me, uh, especially when it comes to ATD and the importance of, you know, when you're sending something to your investors, how important it is to make sure those are those numbers are accurate and correct. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like you guys learned a lot from your time in the fund. Um, and for those who are just starting out or are wanting to join, what's some advice that you would give to them if you were to speak to them? I would probably say just um, talk to as many people as you can and kind of explore if this is something you want to do. I think when you get into the Nittany Lion Fund, there's um, there's no like pressure to do Wall Street or like you're not like forced to do that, but it is a natural pathway because that's where a lot of our alumni sit. So I think someone who's starting out, it's really important to first figure out if this is even what you want to do. Um, and I think you do that through talking to people, talk to people who just interviewed for the Nittany Lion Fund or in their first semester because they just went through the interview process. So they have a better perspective. Talk to the seniors. We have a lot of time on our hands. So we're happy to share um, or answer any questions. So I think talking to people is really important because it helps you figure out if this is what you want to do and also um, helps you start to build that network early. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that Shreya just said. But another piece of advice that I, I give a lot that I think is surprising to some people um, is I just, you know, say, take a deep breath and enjoy your, your college career. Um, I think that, you know, we're frequently talking to freshmen, sophomores. Sometimes I've, I've even gotten emails from people who are seniors in high school um, who are, haven't even come to Penn State yet. And they're already, you know, thinking about uh, the fund and, and they're thinking about their, their job placements. They're thinking about internships. Um, and really, you can sense that the stress off of these people, even sometimes before college, about all of these things. And I think that the wonderful thing about the fund is that it's really able to give you a lot of confidence that you will be able to go out and, and succeed in this industry. Um, and you have a clear path to that, right? And so with that as sort of a framing, you can take a step back and say, look, yes, I'm a freshman, I should be working hard and, and I should be getting ready and moving down this path. But also, you know, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to go meet friends. I'm going to um, really just enjoy my college career as well. Uh, and so just making sure that you're keeping in perspective what's really going on and, and exercising good awareness um, to really just be able to enjoy yourself while you're here in this fantastic place for four years. Yeah, new advice that I, I tend to give associates, um, and I think this is right reflecting what a lot of Sheree and Warren have said, but is to really rely upon people in the fund. And uh, you know, one of the great things about the Nittany Line Fund is you do become pretty close with your fellow associate class. Uh, so the people that you get into the Nittany Line Fund with. And it's really cool to watch that relationship evolve over time because not only do you go through the fund as peers, but you also go right into your careers as friends. And, and we've seen that with a lot of our alumni uh, now who are very close friends and you know work in these amazing roles in cities all over the world. But uh, I really try to tell them to take advantage of that because you are surrounded by very interesting, intelligent people, uh, whether those people are, you know, a class above you or five years, uh, you know, from graduation. Um, there's a lot you can gain from, from just interacting with other members of the fund. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have some really good advice. And I always sort of like to ask this last question that I have sort of ties to the last one that I just asked. If you were to give yourself advice your first year, what would it be? Yeah, I, I would just, I think, echo, um, frankly, what I, I just said, um, because 
honestly, I was the the worst of, uh, you know, not 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 taking time, not really uh, keeping things in perspective, and um, you know, not really taking again the time to enjoy my my college career. Um, so I think again, just taking that time to sit back, look at you know, look over options, pursue different careers, as as Shreya said, really get to know what your fit is, while also you know just enjoying yourself. I think would have been immensely helpful for for freshman year Warren to hear. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, just telling myself that it all ends up working out, um, no matter what route you take or whenever you figure it out. Like you could know you want to do this first semester freshman year, and that's fantastic. And then you move towards it. But even if you decide that you completely change your mind in your junior year, like you'll find a way to figure it out and work it out. I think Penn State's a really great place to, um, once you've made your mind, achieve your goals, but also change your mind. So just telling myself and any freshman that it all ends up working out as long as like the intention is there that you want to do well. Yeah, if I could go back and, and tell myself something freshman year, it would probably be what Warden was saying, you know, not to worry as much and to enjoy the ride. Uh, but I would also encourage myself to be really curious. Um, I don't think I appreciated curiosity as much as I do now when I was a freshman, uh, especially when I see it in younger classmen. I think it's always very impressive um, because, you know, when you're when you're curious, you're not only accepting that, you know, you maybe don't have all the answers or you don't understand something, but it's also showing, uh, you know, it, a, a want to learn more. And I think in this industry, right, being curious is, is super important because there's so much that we don't know. Um, and that's going to be the case for, you know, no matter what role we're in. Yeah, and that sounds like some really good advice for our listeners to think about as well. Enjoy your time here at Penn State. Everything's going to work out. It seems that we're coming to that time. Thank you guys so much for joining me today with the Paterno Fellows podcast and helping me learn a little bit more about the Nittany Lion Fund here at Penn State. Yeah, thanks for having us. Always a, a great thing to talk about. Yeah, thanks for having us, Emma. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.